Are you a man looking for an intensive program to help you overcome sexually addictive behaviors? Gateway to Freedom is your answer. Gateway to Freedom is a three-day workshop for men seeking to overcome any destructive sexual habits. Whether married, single, or divorced, Gateway to Freedom will help men regain hope for a new life of purity and real contentment. The workshop is conducted by experts in the field of sexual addiction recovery with decades of combined experience. Read testimony of workshop alumni at gatewaymen.com. Get all the info and register online at gatewaymen.com or call 1-800-49-PURITY. Hi, my name is Jonathan, and I'm the founder of the Gateway to Freedom Workshop. I want to invite you to join us at our next workshop coming up August 10th through the 12th in Florida, just outside the most magical place on earth, Orlando. So call us today at 1-800-49-PURITY. That's 1-800-497-8748 or visit gatewaymen.com. Good day, radio listeners. Welcome to this edition of the Pure Sex Radio Broadcast. We're glad to have you here with us. My name is Jonathan, and I'm here with Stephen. How are you, my friend? I am blessed. Thank you for asking. Well, good. I want us to just dive right in since we had a, uh, you know, the last episode when we were talking about this issue of emotional training for men. Uh, somehow we got so excited <laughs> that time just got away from us, and, and we didn't really it get into, good. like, I mean, everybody's probably waiting with bated breath going, okay, what do I do? You know, I think about the <laughs> the the movie. We we have a movie that we uh, uh, show at our good. Gateway to Freedom workshop. We're not going to tell you what it is, <laughs> but there's one scene where this this boy is asking this older guy, "What do I do? What do I do?" What and do just, I but do? what do I do? So hopefully this episode <laughs> so we're going to get down, into the, make it simple. Help me understand. What do I do? So let's know? get into. Uh, <clears throat> so Stephen has developed this workbook called Emotional Training for Men, and so it's a manual to help husbands better connect with their wives in yeah. terms of just emotionally maturing. Yes. So let's start, I'm going to let you kind of set us up, but we are going to get into the what do I do, like what does this look <laughs> like? Um, so where do we go from here, Stephen? Okay, so I want to 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 step back and then go forward because we made a principle, and I wanted to convey this concept, which I think gives birth to this. Mm. And so we were talking last time about being spiritual beings and emotional beings and how they all integrate. We're not like two halves. We're just one whole. Mm-hmm. But <clears throat> how we have an, a spiritual awakening, it's when you invite Jesus into your life, right? That's a spiritual awakening, Um, I'm broken, I'm fallen, I'm a sinner, I need Jesus to save my soul, and so I can be made new. But uh, there's another another awakening that has to happen in your life, and it's an emotional awakening. So I'm saying the spiritual takes care of all the spiritual stuff, but remember, that's all God's stuff. You're the designer of your emotional program. And you have to have an awakening where you say, hey, my stuff's not working. Mm. Hey, the stuff I picked up in childhood and I'm trying to do as an adult, it's not working. 
my wife's saying, what are you doing? Why are you acting like that? Why do you say that? Why do you, why do you go there? Why do you linger here? Why, what's going on here? There's some odd stuff in your, in your program. Hey, I designed this program. It's my own emotional program. And so I have to submit my will to Christ. But I also have to have a spiritual awakening where I submit my old emotional program to Christ. Mm-hmm. And that's what we're talking about. And most people have to have a train wreck. And then a wife says, I'm leaving. Then he goes, I guess it's time for an emotional awakening mm-hmm. because what I'm doing isn't working. And I kind of liken it to, you know, as you're saying that, I'm thinking about the journey that the prodigal son. Oh, I love that you said that. And <laughs> Keep going. And That's because, perfect. Well, and the reason I wanted to say that when you're describing that, sometimes it takes a train wreck. Is because yes. sometimes sometimes we can look at that train wreck or the thing that has to get so bad, mm-hmm. and we look at it and we go, "Oh, that's so bad," right? Instead of maybe realizing that, well, this is what needed to happen in order for the awakening to occur. Yes. So, like all the, but just, could I illustrate? Yeah. His thinking was perfect thinking. I'm going to get all my inheritance, and I'm going to go live really well. I don't want it's all about me. I, I'm going to, yeah. But the point is, my thought is, I know best. Right. I know best. My father doesn't know best. His program is not best. I don't want to do the slow program. I know best. So I'm going to take my thinking. I'm going to go live well. Mm-hmm. And right, it's an emotionally mature set of thinking, right? But he believes it's the right thinking, and boy, he goes and he tries it, and then and it one utterly day, fails. <laughs> he's eating what the pigs are eating. He's looking yeah. at the slop, going, "That's kind of looking good. I'm really hungry," you know. Yeah. And he, and then he has an awakening. My thinking was immature thinking. My thinking didn't work. And what I love about that is he he also recalls then that there is a context in which there is better thinking. Because when he comes to his senses, when he's finally broken, he goes, hey, you know what? Dad has better thinking. Dad treats the servants well. That's right. Dad has a home that, you know what? Things work in that home. Things there's a there's a system there's a way there's a context. Well, and even if I could eat like a servant in that, it's way better than my thinking. Think, yeah. That's right. That thinking over there is so much better that the servants eat better than the workers. When you end up with this thinking, eat, mm-hmm. you know. And it's that a wife will say, "What's you know? Why don't you talk to me? Or or I'm going to go stay with my mother for three days? Or I'm so lonely? Or I can't take it? You're killing me? All these things, right?" And then at which time we have a moment of emotional awakening. And I, and I say that intentionally because every man needs to, to understand this was my moment of awakening. Mm. Seven years into my marriage, I was doing the thinking that I thought was right, and God smacked me. And it's like, whoa, i got to shift my thinking now. Do you remember a time when you said... Different than salvation, that you said, I really have to. I mean, there are some watershed moments, but and and I wish I could say that my awakenings are done with. (laughs) No, 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 they're never done. There's always new layers where I go, oh, I I just hit a new challenge, a new new 
challenge to my thinking yes. that I'm realizing I got to grow in. Now, I, the, but when, the good wait, do news, you remember the first time you realized I've got to shift my beliefs? Well, I cannot continue thinking the way I've been thinking. The easy moment was the moment when my wife left. Oh, okay. That's that a was good time. a massive awakening, not only to the relationship issues because I thought it was over, but to the realization that my thinking has got me to this point. Yeah, you know, that's and, it, right there. You got it. That's your thing. moment of emotional awakening. And and I actually love the way that the the twelve step community communicates this because. You know, when you come into a recovery environment that maybe is 12-step oriented or based on the AA model, one of the sayings that they have is they say, now, now understand, it's your best thinking yeah. that got you here <laughs> to this point where you're going, I'm out of control and I need help. Yeah. And that was a huge statement mm. in the recovery environment that helped me realize, yeah, you know what? I thought I was pretty smart. I thought I had a lot. Of, you know, I'm just like that prodigal son. Yeah, give me what I give me what's owed to me. I can take care of it. I'm going to make things great. Yeah. And I, then here I'm, you know, wanting to eat pig slop and going. It was my thinking that yeah, got me here. Right. And so I need another. I need to shift my thinking, and that's why we're doing this work, mm-hmm. because there are tens of thousands of men out there right now, saying I have got to shift my thinking. I am not succeeding in life. Mm. I don't have happiness. I don't have joy. My marriage is a mess. My family's hurting. I'm the leader here, and I don't know where to go. And so thus this material, broken down step by steps. So so it's a, a 49-day program, and I love... I love the number 40 because it's such a God number from the Bible. But then I thought there's seven days in a week, and I had seven emotional words. So it came out to 49. But I still wanted to use some God numbers, you know? Yeah, well, and, and now, you know, I, the pushback that I gave on Stephen <laughs> when he first did that, I was, I was like, you know, listen, there's got to be a Sabbath rest in there. You know, there's there got to be some— so here's the thing I want to sort of revert, reverse back or, or uh, have you, if you didn't listen to the previous broadcast on this topic, um, the last one, one of the things that we talked about was this isn't about any particular pace, meaning, listen, if you happen to do this consecutively and really go through the workbook and literally are doing it in 49 days consecutively, great. But you know, we you mentioned yes. one guy last time who had done the forty days of oneness workbook, which is a is a devotional sort of for husbands and wives. And one guy was telling you, that, you know, I'm hyperventilating. This is overwhelming. <laughs> I can do one day a week. That's it. Yeah. So here's the thing. This is about you have put forty nine days of material together, forty nine sessions of right. materials together. The issue is not the speed at yeah. which you get through the material. The issue is at which how deeply does the material get into you? Yes, and into your marriage. And into your marriage. That's right. So let's let's start unpacking what yes. the material actually looks like. Well, here's, here's who should buy this workbook. If you are ready to admit that you're emotionally underdeveloped, this is it. If you're in a relationship crisis and you need a tool, this is it. If you know you need to change or you're asking, how do I grow emotionally? 
then that's what this is, a breakdown, a simple breakdown, daily exercises. And Jonathan's right. If it takes you 100 days to do your 49 days, that's fine. You know, there's no shame. There's no failure. You, you adjust this material as needed. You let your wife say, let's do this part than that, but let's not do that. Let's add something and personalize it. Perfect. There's no failure in this. So seven weeks, you spend seven days um, on each of these words. Okay? Now remember... My thought is, if you're emotionally mature and working on development, you need training for a year. Or as Jonathan would say, discipleship mm-hmm. for a year. You're not going to be done after 49 days, but you're going to be changed after 49. And you're going to be ready for the next workbook. And, and I'm, I'm doing workbooks for a man to use to keep building himself, his marriage, for a year. And if you're overwhelmed, we'll sit down and shut up. We know what we're talking about. <laughs> We've been doing this work. You're not changing in a weekend. You're not changing in a week or a month. That gets back to another phrase that was, and and I want you to understand, my brother Stephen here <laughs> says that in love. In Christian okay? love. It's kind of like I've, I, watch, I listen to this podcast where at the end they always say, shut up and take your blessing. You know, so. <laughs> That's but, good. Um, but the, the thing about this is, um, you know, we, we, do, we do love you. Yes, that's the only reason we're doing this. And and so it's not about, and again, it's not about trying to do this quickly. I mean, if if you think about it, one of the things we said in the last program was this I, this even idea of maturity is on a continuum. Yes. Stephen and I will submit to you that, guess what, we're not done with growing. We're not done with maturing. The best we, is yet to come with yeah. God. This is exciting. So the issue is about, are we still moving forward yes. in that growth? And, and as Jonathan says, stumbling forward. Yeah. We don't want to, what we want to try to prevent, there's there's certainly um, there's certainly a recognition that I, I think we all have, like you said, where there's an awakening and we recognize my thinking is stunted. My thinking is mat- immature. Right. I need growth in that area. Then I think where we where we get to is we start to realize, okay, as I'm maturing, as I'm moving forward on this continuum, the issue now maybe isn't so much about trying to, quote unquote, get more mature, as much as it is about don't get stuck. Ooh, that's a good point. Because I think sometimes yeah. we, we, we think we reach a certain don't point quit. and we go, Never okay, quit. I'm just going to kind of plateau here. Yeah, and it's like if we plateau, we're not going to be drifting forward. Yeah. <laughs> we're probably going to be drifting backward. Well, and, and so learning is sloppy. Moving. You're going to fall down. You're going to get tired. But get up. Put yourself on a growth mission. Mm-hmm. That's part of the program, is right. You were a baby. Then you went to first grade. Then you went to second grade. Then you got out of high school. And guess what? Mm-hmm. We're all on a growth mission. But are you doing your emotional work too? So, yeah. hey, I want to throw in one other thing. This is for wives. A wife, if her husband won't buy this book, you don't have to be stunted and powerless. You buy the book and you say, you, you make this a Christmas gift or an anniversary gift or a birthday gift to yourself. And you say, you know what I want from you? I want you to do this workbook. That's what I want you to do. That is the gift that I want because it'll transform him, it'll transform the relationship. And that's mm-hmm. what she wants, yeah. right? So here are the seven days. And let's, just let me yeah. let me make a comment about that. 
Guys, don't get all bent out of shape if your wife gives this to you as a gift and saying this is what she wants. Listen, if you want a great marriage, if you want you know the kind of connection that is is life giving and transformative, don't push back on a gift like that. Now, wives, I will say there are maybe better ways to deliver this gift than there are others. I mean, in other words. You don't, mm-hmm. you know, you don't throw it at him and say, "Hey, this is really what I want." You know, you, <laughs> I think you can do it in a spirit of gentleness and yes. and grace. But um, guys, don't don't be defensive if your wife gives this to you as a gift. And and this must be done in relationship. It's not like for singles, but a single person can do this with with someone else, mm-hmm. right? Two single people could do this together that are not married. That works too. But it's not like, I'm going to go read this book. It's not that kind of book. Yeah. It has to be relationship building. You can't do this workbook in isolation. Right. So the seven topics are these. There's seven days that you're on the same topic. And so I'm going to say one of the words, and you say something about why that's important, okay? So week one, the topic is maturity. Maturity. Yeah, and I think the way I would like to respond to this is, uh, I had mentioned in the last program that when you when you really break down all of these topics of of emotional growth, in many ways they're addressing the the opposite or the 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 a- aspect that's uh, stunted, right? Mm-hmm. So when I look at this issue of maturity, I think well, easily you're you're combating immaturity, and maybe what we would call you know, when I think of this from a biblical perspective, we're given that instruction. I think it's in First Corinthians 13 that talks about, you know, when I was a child, mm. I thought like a child, I reasoned yes. like a child, I spoke like a child. But when I became a man or when I grew up, That's good. I put away childish things. And so there is this idea of this is the putting away mm. of childish thinking. I always want to make the distinction between childish and childlike we are to always remain in a childlike attitude right. where there's where there's a that that little kid in us. I mean Jesus is even the one that says let mm-hmm. the little children come to me because this is what the kingdom of heaven is like. Yes. Childish though is me basically saying I want to keep responding to life through the attitude of a selfish 2-year-old. Yeah. You know? I'm going to be two years old forever. So when I hear this word maturity and say, we're going to spend seven days unpacking the idea of maturity, it's to combat that childishness. It's it's like, let's let's grow up. So then the second one is this, learning. Mm -hmm. Open to learning, a heart of learning. Why? And to me, I, I look at that and I go, because we have to all admit we have ignorance. On, I mean, fill in the blank in terms of all the various things that we can be ignorant right. of. As it pertains, I think, to emotional maturity, we have to recognize, like I did, I have ignorance. There's a disconnect between what I thought I was in terms of spirituality mm. and spiritual maturity and the reality that, you know what, actually I'm very ignorant of what it looks like to apply all of that head knowledge of theology and all this, and realize I've got a lot of stuntedness in my relationships. Mm. So I've got a lot to learn about how to connect to my wife. I've got a lot to learn about how to communicate with her. And that whole spirit of being open to learning. Mm -hmm. Week three is grieving. Why is grieving important? I, the thing I put 
in this that I feel like it might be drawing us forward in is is just recognizing that there is pain and maybe even some unforgiveness yeah. in my life. And and are there things that I'm still holding on to in terms of maybe using as a weapon in my relationships? I'm I'm gonna hold a grudge. I'm not gonna let go of that. No. And I think grieving is a releasing kind of a, yes. a activity. And, and I say a tool. Mm-hmm. That's per, it's a releasing tool, so that when you get any kind of disappointment, uh, rejection, abandonment, neglect, you just grieve yourself right through that and keep mm-hmm. going. And then peace. That's pretty obvious. Why we work on peace for seven days in our being, talk about it in our relationship, then gratitude. Mm-hmm. would be the next one. Week five is gratitude. Yeah, and for me, the gratitude, for me personally, the way the gratitude piece works is it it directly combats my anger. Mm. I have found that it is that anger and gratitude in my life are mutually exclusive from one another. In other words, when I'm clinging to anger, I cannot simultaneously be grateful. But when I am expressing gratitude... I can't be in any kind of unrighteous anger. So it's mm. like I want to pursue gratitude because I don't want to be an angry guy. Oh, that's good. You know, so it's and what me. a great a grateful heart means the opposite of an angry heart, right? Yeah. yeah. So week six is about rest. Just focusing on quieting and resting and And for me the way that manifests, I think, in terms of the the trying to mature emotionally is Rest combats my sense of either overwork or control because mm. um, I have found that when I'm trying to control outcomes, I don't have restfulness in my spirit because mm. I'm driving, driving, driving. I want to ensure that this fill-in-the-blank happens. And it's kind of like I've learned, and I'm still on this learning journey, but that I really don't have a bit of control over outcomes. Mm, when I begin to understand the sovereignty of God, I begin to rest a whole lot more because it's like, okay, he's asked me to do this one little tiny thing today. Mm. Let me do that one little tiny thing and just leave all the outcomes to God. And it's like, that brings a whole new kind of rest. Right a weekend on this. No, no, no. You've done a great job. That just sounds great. It sounds restful. Turn it over, (laughs) relax, do your part. So week seven is about joy. Mm. Why is joy important in a person's life? And for me, I actually, I actually want to tie joy to another word that I think is wrapped up in that, and that's hope. Mm. And, and so for me, the idea of joy, it deals with the issues of uh, anxiety, despair, this sense of, um, you know, there's. I think sometimes in our world, even as a Christian, we can get drawn into this idea of just hopelessness. Like it's all, you know, it's going to hell in a handbasket. Everything's negative. Everything's terrible. And I think this is about maturing in the idea of: Do you still see beauty in the world around you? Mm. Do you still see that? Um, I mean, like I was mentioning in the last broadcast, just the simple things like: Did you hear the birds singing this morning? Did you see the sunrise? Did you see all these indications that we serve a God of beauty and wonder and and he's constantly bringing opportunities for joy 
into our lives. So what I love about how you've done this, Stephen, is that there's seven weeks. So each week is focusing simply on one aspect of emotionally maturing. Mm -hmm. So you're saying you've broken each of these down into then for seven days, you're going to be dealing in week one on the issue of maturity. Yes. And for seven days in week two, you're going to be dealing on the issue of learning. I want to ask you, uh, and maybe you did, maybe you didn't, was there a was there a method to the order that you put these in? Well, I didn't want to end on grieving. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to end on Thank joy. you. That's good. Yeah. So I I started with maturity and I ended with joy, and I just have we've been working with men a long time, and. And you hear these themes and these missing pieces, and, you know, there's not much rest, or a man is sort of stuck and he doesn't know what to do, or he has poor insight, or his wife's trying to help him with this maturity piece. So so these are just words that, like, God put on my mind, and and lots of men— are sort of broken in these areas. Mm-hmm. So what happens during the week is you get a Bible verse— and a prayer, but you also have to do some admitting or confessing to your wife that you're not good at maturity, mm. that you have resisted growing. You you journal one thought. This is not journal the page or journal for the day. Journal one thought. When When maturity comes to your mind, write one thought about yourself. And you might write... I don't think I'm very mature. And that's it. That's your journal thought. It's very simple. And there's a prayer over your wife. But you also share your one journal thought with your wife. And and have a little dialogue about it. Um, and it's the man leading. It's the man taking ownership, wrapped in prayer and confession and grace. And then we just let God do what he does. And let me let me just make a statement about um, uh, the activities themselves. I, here's the thing that I've I've learned over the years. I have done you know dozens and dozens of different workbooks and gone through books and done materials and been in groups and all this kind of stuff. And here's something I've learned along the way. There is a and I believe it's a principle that we see in Scripture. We call it reaping and sowing, right? Mm-hmm. And I have found that the degree to which you will apply yourself to the activities is the degree to which you will get a return on that investment. So in other words, invest a little, you get a little. Invest a lot, you get a lot. And and so I want to encourage you as you look at because there are— there's a daily structure to this in terms of the, the workbook exercises and the things you're going to be doing as far as, as far as reading, you know, reading a verse, and then you're going to be confessing and doing some of these activities as far as journaling. And, go ahead. and what I would say is I've seen men before, and I've been one of these guys, where they're like, you know what, I'll just sort of hunt and peck for the thing. I'll just pick out the few things that I want to do. Mm. Here's the thing. Again, to the degree that you do that, mm. you're only going to get out of it what you put into it. Yes. And so I want to encourage you, put all, go all in, do the journaling, do the confessing, do the talking to your wife, all these kinds of things, 
because you'll get a much richer experience in terms of the growth that's going to happen in you emotionally. So I thought you should read one of the confessions and one of the prayers. So could I give this to you because you seem to read better on the Okay, so... This would be one of uh, an example of one of the confessions that you would that you would read to your wife. And the thing I like about what Stephen's done here is you don't have to think, just read it. <laughs> now you can certainly interject what you want to in it, but here's the starting point. So one of the confessions would go this way: I have to admit to you that I've been emotionally stunted. I've not worked as hard as I should have on emotional growth, and that's hurt me and others. Today is the beginning of me embracing small steps of change. My word for this week is maturity. I'm asking God to show me obstacles to my maturing. Please pray for me this week. I'm working on maturity. Deeper growth starts today. Thank you for your patience. That's it. That's his confession. And then there's a prayer he reads sort of over us. And so the prayer would go something like this. Father, thank you for your vision. Thank you for all the good in my life. For even difficult tasks like confession, I give you thanks. Your way is better than my way. Thank you for this relationship. Thank you for my wife. I know that I'm designed for growth. Thank you that I can mature and change and learn your ways. Help me not to fight your ways. I love you. Thank you for loving me just as I am. Keep growing me. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. And that's where we're going to have to wrap up this week. But, folks, we're going to give you information on how you can uh, get the the workbook. Uh, It's going to be on Amazon. And, of course, if you just search Stephen Cervantes' name, you'll find other materials that he's done as well. Uh, But we'll make sure that gets out to you. And if you've got questions or just need more help along your journey, please reach out to us. We'd be happy to help you. And until next time, uh, have a great week, and we look forward to seeing you back here on the Pure Sex keep, Radio keep broadcast. Keep growing. Keep growing. You're worth it. He's worth it. Keep growing. Amen. We'll see you. Bye. Pure Sex Radio is paid for by Be Broken Ministries. Visit us online at puresexradio.com.